ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Welcome to another edition of Hard to Paint with David Grubb. Um, I've had the pleasure of talking with a number of great LSU uh, players over the time of this podcast. You know, we've had Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, we've had Wendell Tyler, we've had just a number of great guests. And I'm so pleased to get the opportunity to talk to um, the great Clarence Caesar. Uh, played four seasons with LSU in the early 90s and was part of um, that real, that transition at the end of Dale Brown's career, um, which kind of defined LSU basketball for a good decade um, following afterwards um, uh, because of the things that went on. So I think there's just a lot to talk about here. And I just want to welcome you to the show and thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you for having me, man. Um, I told you offline that we had met once and this goes back to your freshman year at LSU, Shaq's final season. Mm-hmm. The final home game of the year, y'all played Mississippi State. You remember that game? Freshman year, final home game, Mississippi State. Man, I'm trying to recall it. Yo, so it was, my mind. It was at the PMAC. Um, it was, it, you know, it, it, at, at the time, Shaq had not declared that he was going pro. This is, you know, y'all about to go um, into the SEC tournament. Of course, that's the famous SEC tournament with – Carlos Strong and Shaq getting into it. Right. Yes. Um, and then y'all went on to play BYU and Idaho um, right. in the first round. Shaq said, I think at that game, he set, set the NCAA record for blocks in an NCAA tournament game. And then, um, and then in the second round, y'all fell to Indiana, which went on to the final four and lost to uh, Duke in the semifinals. Um, but y'all were at, this is the last home game of the season. Me and my friends were on campus um, working with the Special Olympics. We played for Ed Dakar and uh, we were visiting, uh, working with the Special Olympics. We run into Coach Jones before the game outside the arena. He says, y'all Bill Robinson's boys. We say, yeah, you know, we, we know Coach Rob. And uh, he said, stay right here. I'm going to get y'all some seats. He brought us in five minutes after game time. We got seats about four rows back from the court. After the game, Randy Livingston was there on his recruiting, one of his recruiting visits. So we see Randy sitting up and we all know Randy, you know, this is, of course. And um, Randy sitting in the student section and the Death Dome is going wild. We're sitting four rows from the floor. And then he says, y'all want to come in the locker room afterwards. So we go in the locker room and we had just finished our participation. So we had Special Olympics medals around our necks. We're in there. We're introducing ourselves to you and Mo and Gert and all and everybody and everything. Vernell, Vernell gave my man a Band-Aid. My, my dude, Albert Latiker, he signed the Band-Aid. He gave it to him. And uh, we're getting our books signed. You guys signed all of them. And um, this is the one that got me because Mo Williamson sees the, 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 the Special Olympic medals on us. He just he he just deduces the fact that we're special athletes too, <laughs> <laughs> and so Mo starts telling us he's like, man, don't let anybody tell y'all y'all can't do what you want to do in life. Don't let anybody tell you you can't be as good as anybody else. Y'all are good kids, and we figured it out what he was saying to us. And I said, Mo, I said we're just regular kids, 
we're, and he's like, oh, you said, well, I'm looking at the, and we're like, no, man, we just, and it wasn't to disparage the special athletes at all, but it was just right. so funny to us that he had assumed. That's Mo, know? man. That is Mo to a T. Always jumping a gun. <laughs> Always jumping a gun with the wrong info. And then, and then Shaq and Dale come in, because, of course, they had to do the post game. Shaq comes in. And he's the first thing, of course, Shaq being Shaq, cuts his, his shoelaces with a big pair of scissors, throws the sneakers to the side, hits the shower, comes back buck naked, and Shaq loved to do. Loved to do. And he daps us all up that he's assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum. I'm the only one who hit him back with the wild leg of salam. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> you know, because Shaq was heavy into that at that moment. And then the last thing I remember from that locker room is Dale conducting a print interview with his pants around his ankles, scratching his behind, because he was getting comfortable. Dale was yeah. done with his with, with yeah. the suit and tie for the day. Good old was, days, man. <laughs> Good old days. That was that was my first introdu- introduction to a college locker room, and it was unforgettable. Wow. And, uh, so it was just a blast to meet all of y'all then. And, uh, and I was like, what confused me is I was a kid who grew up in New Orleans, and I saw in the program where you were from, and I had never heard of Iowa and Louisiana. I was yeah. like, is that, is, I, I thought, I'm thinking about the state. I'm like, this kid, no, right. no way for somebody from Iowa came down to LSU. And I was like, they were like, no, that's a city, man. That's a town. It's in Southwest Louisiana. I was like, oh. Let, oh. Let, let, let me crack you up on this. I'm in, a, I'm in a fourth grade and I'm living in Lake Charles, but I'm living in the hood part of Lake Charles the housing project, Johnson Hall projects. And it was rough, man. And, 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 and we're talking 82, 81, 82. And it was rough. I mean, you had to fight to get on the bus, fight to get off the bus. And so I guess, I guess, man, my, my stepfather was, is an A1 guy. And he, and I heard him telling my mom one night, we got, we have to get him out of this environment. I could see now he's a hell of an athlete. I don't know what we got to do, but we got to get him out of this environment. So fast forward a few months up the road, they come in my room and say, we're moving to Iowa, Louisiana, which is only 10 miles from Lake Charles. So I'm like, what? I'm like, you've never heard of it. <laughs> so I go and open a, a, a map and find a state of Iowa and just broke down crying, man. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not going. So my pops is like, what are you talking about? I show, I show him, I show him the map of the United States. I show him Louisiana and I show him the state of Iowa. I say, man, what I done to go? <laughs> he said, boy, close that book before I beat you that book. You going up the street, man. <laughs> hey, I was like you. I never heard of it neither, man. Never heard of it neither. But it, you know, it did turn out to be the best move. Taking me, taking me to the to the outskirts of Lake Charles, around cows and bulls and horses and Zodico, you know, it was country folks, you know, it wasn't four wheelers then, but riding three wheelers and guys swimming in ponds. I'm like, what the hell's going on? These dudes jumping in the ditch, you know? So, but that, that was the best move they could have done for me, man. And that's real talk. What was that like then? Um, because that period, the late 80s, you know, early 90s, from from about the mid, you know, LSU had really burst on the scene as a program in 1980 when Dale gets into the Final Four for the first time. They go back in 84, um, 
And then it felt like high school basketball in Louisiana kind of exploded. You had no matter what corner of the state, there was elite talent coming out of it, whether it was New Orleans, Baton Rouge, you know, where uh, Southwest Louisiana, Lafayette, that area of North, you had guys, you know, really talented basketball players in the Shreveport area coming up out of there. Um, it just seemed like it was just extremely competitive, but it's also di- so much different than it is now because AAU was really localized. If you, you played with the guys, if it was AAU in the summer, you played with the guys in your neighborhood, in your city. It wasn't guys going all over and getting travel teams and pulling guys from Atlanta or California and stuff. And in the summer you played or you played with your high school team in tournaments and y'all wore different jerseys and you went and played in tournaments in high school and stuff like that. But what was it like playing in a small town and developing your skills there and then realizing Man, I'm pretty damn good. I think I can play with anybody. Playing in a small town for me, I can only speak on my behalf. Mm-hmm. It forced me to learn every position. I was at a two-way school. Basketball was unheard of. It was a football school. And the football team wasn't good. So how <laughs> about being a football school with the football team not good? So not 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 tapping myself on the back, but 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 my senior class kind of put basketball on the map in Iowa, Louisiana. We was good from fifth grade. And it was and, 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 it, and it was about four or five of us that stuck together. From We had a program called Little Dribblers that you play in elementary school. And, 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 and it was a core of five or six cats that just gelled together. We went through middle school together and just blanketing everybody. And, 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 and when we got to high school, a couple of us set some seniors down and they, and they quit the team. But being in a small school, it forced us to play every position. Man, I, my coach made me, I ran the point as a freshman. But keep in mind, I'm only 6'3". And I'm running the point. So I come back to school as a sophomore, I'm 6'7". Grew over the summer. And at first day of school, I walk by my coach and say, what's up, coach? He said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he said, season? I said, yeah, coach. And he just started grinning. He said, oh, they're in trouble now. So when basketball season starts, he leaves me at the point. Now I'm a six, seven point as a sophomore, averaging 20, 22, first team all district, all state. Now the buzz is starting to come. You got this cat, this little bitty town, six, seven, he running the point. His coach crazy, he should be at the five. And my coach is like, no, I got one that's gonna really be a D1 kid. I, I would not put him in the paint. And I love my high, may he rest in peace today that I had a smart high school coach because the whole town was on that man's neck to put me in the paint. And he said, I would not do it. He'll go one, two, and a three. He would not be in the paint. And he stuck to his guns, man. And that really developed my game. And, and, as, and as I got older, like my junior year, like you said, the AAU, he, he, he pushed me to break away from playing summer league ball with my friends. He pushed me to Lafayette. I hopped on Team Louisiana with Jim Champagne and Big Dave. And, 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 and that took off when, when I hopped on Team Louisiana. I started going around the country, started getting a ranking, bumping into guys like Jalen Rose, Chris Webber on the scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, senior year, Louisiana put together this crazy, this crazy team to go to the Boston shootout. Yeah. It Randy was, was on that team. He was a freshman. Mm-hmm. He was a freshman. But, 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 check, but, check, but check out this lineup. Me. Scotty Thurman, Kerry yeah. Kittles, Pona Williams, John Rondino, Dwayne Spencer, uh, 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 Mark Davis, 
uh, 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 Curtis Raymond from White Castle, or uh, had this had this white cat named Doug Anderson. And when I tell you we went in there and nobody gave us a shot, no one knew who we was, and we spanked ass. Yep, and y'all we won the won national the championship. Shot. We won it. Yep. We won. We won. Team Louisiana won it with a freshman point guard that no one knew. T. Thurman shooting that thing 30 feet out. Pidgeot told. No one knew Scotty Thurman was. No one knew. Well, they kind of, I they kind of knew who I was because I've been on the circuit, you know. A little bit, yeah. A little bit, but, you know, a couple of guys I knew, but no one knew about Scotty Thurman. No one knew about Porter Williams from St. All. I mean, Dwayne, knew about us. Dwayne hadn't won at Cohen yet. Right. And Kerry Kittles, no, and, and, and back then it was all Pona Williams. No one knew who Kerry Kittles was. Right. But but when, when we left Boston, we put their ass on notice about basketball in Louisiana. I remember watching because they showed those games um, from the garden because y'all played yeah. in the garden for played those. Garden. And I remember because, again, Bill Robinson, who was my one of my favorite people in the entire world, was my, you know, my mentor, my coach in high school. You know, he was heavily a part of that. Coach Wu and all the dudes. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, you know, it was something that we watched from here and just we were proud, you know, because like you I, said. That's when I knew that basketball in Louisiana was for real. Because I always thought of maybe one or two guys like me and Pointer Williams out, 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 out of that senior class. I knew behind us was Dwayne Spencer and Randy. You know, Kerry hadn't really bloomed yet. Right. But when we left Boston, when we got on that flight, and I looked at those cats. I say, shit, Louisiana, okay. We okay. Because we just beat the best of the best. Jalen Rose, uh, 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 Mike Finley, Jawan Howard, all those cats, Team, team Illinois. Uh, uh, team Michigan was Jay Rose, Vashawn uh, uh, Leonard, Chris Webber. We whipped them cats. We whipped them. It wasn't, there were games that just weren't close. Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It, it wasn't, wasn't we, close. We whipped them. We whipped them straight and, up. And 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 I, look, I, I'm a native. I was born in Detroit, so uh, at that time, again, Detroit was a mecca of basketball too. That's like you said, yeah. everybody was coming out of Detroit at that time. Yeah. It was huge for them, Chicago, and, and those types. Like you said, Team Illinois, and these little dudes from Louisiana, the Spartans, come up there just warm out. Hey man, it felt so good at the uh, at the Dapper Dan All American Game. It's not EA Sports. And uh, we all got there, and I was on the West, and they, and they got to talk with that. No, I said, man, don't forget that ass whip we gave y'all in Boston. Oh, come people, on. I say, don't forget it. Don't people, forget it. And people forget how big the Dapper Dan was originally oh. before you get to McDonald's All-American, before right. you get to Jordan Brand. Dapper Dan is the original. Dapper Dan was the original Dick showcase Vitale. for high school players. Dick Vitale, he's a Dapper Dandy. And I'm just proud that, that, that I was able to be one. And it, it's not a lot of us. Me, Randy, Dwayne, off that team, it was just us three able to play in the Dapper Dan. That was that's just, I mean, it was, it was an incredible time. So now, obviously, you're on the radar. How did you make the decision to stay at home and go to LSU? How And what other schools – were you considering when it got down to to the to those final days when you're trying to make that choice? Well, you got to realize when I graduated, early, early 90s, Syracuse, Georgetown, <laughs> hot, okay? And boy, 
And Louisiana was sending a lot of players to uh, Georgetown. Uh, Joey Brown a lot. And and and, and Georgetown recruited Louisiana heavy. Going and, back to the 70s, right. Georgetown had hit New Orleans. Pops was in love with the big fella, John Thompson. And all I heard was, man, look here, you're gonna do good in DC, you're gonna do good at Georgetown. And and, and I and I was I, I was starting to believe it, man. And that's when Tumbo, that's when Matumbo was there. Morning, Tumbo, Churchwell. I mean, they they was heavy. And it's like, man, just put yourself, just put yourself in that lineup with those cats the way you shoot the ball. So, man, you know, I had Georgetown on the brain. My junior year, I'm Georgetown, I'm G-Town, I'm going to Georgetown, I'm going to Georgetown. And I'm still being heavily recruited, man. Rick Patino, Dale Brown, Tom Penders at Texas, Nolan Rich at Arkansas. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm getting calls from Duke. I'm getting calls from North Carolina, UConn. I'm getting calls, man. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But it was Georgetown was still number one. I messed around and went to an LSU football game. <laughs> I messed around and went to an LSU football game with a partner of mine. And that atmosphere in Tiger Stadium. So we was leaving, and and I think I think I think things happen for a reason. We was leaving. Now you talk about a hundred thousand people come out of that stadium, and I bump into Johnny Jones, who's recruiting me. He said, "Why ain't Tim Bruce coming into town?" I said, "Well, Coach, I wasn't thinking of nothing. My partner had some tickets. We just shot down here, man. We shoot straight back home." He said, I got to get you here for a visit. I said, cool, but you know, coach, you know where I'm leaning. He said, just give me a visit. I said, cool, coach Jones. Going into my senior year, I take official visit to LSU. Homecoming. Football. <laughs> Atmosphere again. But, but it's really laid out because it's my official visit. They just rolled out the red carpet, man. I'm hanging out with Shaq. We rolling around the city. You know, he's my host. We rolling around the city with the big fella. You know, and, and and you know how it is when you when you roll around the city with an icon. He's a, he's already an icon, even though we're in college. I got back home. I told my old man, you 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 can throw that dog, that Georgetown dream in the trash. I'm going up the street. What? I'm going up the street. I'm going up the street. I say, man, look here. Why leave your state and make someone else better when you can stay home and make your state a powerhouse? You know. And then I commit the LSU, Porn commit to Tulane, yep. and all of us start staying home. Yep. All I of us staying home, man. Then you had, because like, then you had um, uh, uh, Dwayne ends up coming back to LSU after coming, he went to Georgetown. He came back to LSU. You had Gerald Honeycutt, who decided to go to Tulane. Tulane. You had Melvin Simon at UNO. UNO, you had, yeah. You know, I mean, it was like everybody, Rashard Allen with the Tulane. Right. Everybody um, was starting to stay home, man. And, and we thought, and we thought, and we thought, Kerry, I mean, look, I just knew, I mean, I, I knew we had Scotty Thurman. I was his host. And, T, and, 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 when, and, and when he left, he told Johnny Jones, he said, man, me and C play the same position. He said, I'd be a fool to come there. He said, because I know he, I mean, he he all got the three. And Thurman, he was honest. He said, man, I want to play. So he went to Arkansas, which was a great move for him. Y'all were similar. I mean, body type, uh, shooting. You know, yeah, there was some similarities. It would have been overlap. Right. And and Villanova was a great move for Kay Kittles. 
It was. Villanova was a good move. But boy, I just close my eyes sometime and think, what if we always went to one school, either Tulane or LSU? That Boston shootout squad is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because by your junior year, you legitimately could have had that group. Right. You, you Randy, Randy came in as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Y'all, it, it, can you imagine the whole roster all from Louisiana? That group? That group. Because I played, like, again, I'm, I, look, I wouldn't know. I was a zero star recruit. You know, I played at the club. Right there. But I played against all those guys. Right. That and, group. No, you, no. Y'all, <laughs> come on. That's sick. That's a sick level of talent. That's just a sick level of talent from um, a state from a state the size of Louisiana, though. Yeah, we're not talking, we're not talking about the California or Texas or Florida. You know, we're talking about or one city. You know, where it's like it's not New York City, it's not LA, it's the whole state. Small, big city guys and small. I mean, when I say small town, I'm talking about dudes off the bayou. Mark Davis out of Thibodeau off the water. Me in Iowa, I'm like the swamps. You talk about cats. That grew up crabbing and fishing, and going to gym and get you thirty, and then go and then go back home and grab the rod and reel. Where you going? Going fishing. Talk about those kind of cats. Not no hood cats, no street cats. Talk about country folks, man. Scott, what, what the hell are you doing, Rustin? <laughs> T Thurm. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? You're talking about some country folks, man, with game. Yeah. And now today is football at this state. My man, my nineteen-year-old kid, University of Louisiana, safety. And everybody thought he would be a basketball player because he shot up quick. He shot the six-three quick, but he stopped growing. And I kept telling him, "Never seen a dude play football." Oh no, man, he got to be like his dad. Say, no, he don't. He do not. The dude's a football player, track star football player. So, man, look, I, I was blessed with a good life. You know, I lived my dream of playing in the league for a season. But I played in Europe for years. I can't. I can't complain about nothing, man. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a grandfather. And I, man, look, I've been blessed. I'm 50 years old, and if I go tomorrow, I can't complain about nothing. And that's sure. real. Talk. I feel you. You know, and um, when you get to the LSU campus that freshman year, mm-hmm. and you know, you got Shaq, you got. Like I said, Mo, you got Vernell, who at the time I thought Vernell might have been the most athletic dude I had seen. You know, just <laughs> I, I, I did Jump not to the moon. Yeah, just I never seen nobody with hops like that. No, no, you could throw threw, anything if it I came threw, off the rim, if whatever threw, it was. I threw the worst pass that you could throw for a lot, like my second practice. It was a terrible pass. V when got it. And when he and when he got it, everybody stopped, even the coaches. They were about to say, okay, that's it. Practice over. Good game. <laughs> you, you, you had to end practice on something like that. Man, it was a terrible pack. That dude had springs, man. But man, when I first got to campus, dude, it was crazy. Cause I'm gonna tell you, I was super duper nervous. I'm coming from I'm coming from a town of 5,500 people. Uh, LSU got 35,000 students. I'm coming to a town of 5,500. So I was super duper nervous, man. I was nervous. And it's, it's not, man, I, I moved into Bruce Hart Hall with those guys, they, that group of guys, 
they were so inviting. It wasn't none of that. You, you're a freshman. We know we don't mess with freshmen. You're a crab. It was none of that. It was none of that. You know, you got to wear a white T-shirt for a month or you got to sleep in a hall. Those dudes, those dudes took the freshman class in. There was four of us. Me, Paul Marshall from Shreveport, Doug Anderson, and a cat from New York named David Massey. And they just took us in, man. And, they, and, 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 and when I say, you know, we felt part of the team from day one, as, as the, that's just the culture Dale Brown had there. He recruited a certain type of cat. Uh, you know, s- s- some way, somehow, everybody on the team had a personality, something alike. We all have something in common. So Dale Brown, he recruited a certain kind of cat. So everybody just kind of clicked, man. You know, did we argue? Yeah. Did we have misagreements? I mean, yeah. But did people come to blows and try to, you know, was it just hatred or I can't stand that dude. It, it was never that. And if it was, I didn't see it. And I was there for four years. You know, he, he recruited the same type of cat, but LSU, that is a, that's a special place. I'm going to say that. Y'all had some, some real leadership too. Cause a guy like TJ Pugh, who didn't get a ton of minutes, right. but was just a dude that was, you know, in control. You know what I mean? TJ was a dude that was in control. Um, Mike Hansen, very mature. Harold Boudreaux, very mature as a leader. Small um, time cat. And, and a dude that, again, you you don't want to get, get messed up with Harold Boudreaux in the dark alley. You no. know what I mean? Like that. <laughs> don't don't say much, but when he talk, listen, because because he wasn't a talker. Right. So, and so if he says something, he's like, oh shit, they got boo talking. And and and, and look, and people forget about Jamie Brandon from Chicago. Yep. And you needed a cat like T.J. Pewter to handle Jamie because Jamie was street for real. But but Jamie was a humble cat. But how can I explain it? You know how you step on somebody's shoe and, and, and step on somebody's shoe and, and they give you a pass. Oh, and you said, you could step on Jamie's shoe one time. And we understood that's the environment he's from. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, because like he explained to us, where I'm from, you do that, you die. That's Southside Chicago. I'm like, what? He said, man, you step on the cash you went from, man, you you get shot. And he says, it's real where I come from. So, you know, LSU was good for him. It slowed him down. Coming to Louisiana slowed him down. You know, it it, it was just it, it was just a blessing. And 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 you had the older guys that would come back every summer. Chris Jackson come back. Stanley, Ricky Blanton. When I tell you hooping at LSU for the summertime when those cats would come back, that's where you cut your teeth at, man. We played against NBA guys because those guys would bring teammates back with them. We was playing against NBA guys in the summertime down in the dungeon. When Shaq Cliff, he come back, bring it Dennis Scott, Nick Anderson back to Baton Rouge. And, man, it was walls. It was walls. And, and like I tell people, man, it's a, you can't tell me college basketball like that now. I wouldn't believe it. No. Believe it. No, it, 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 it isn't. I mean, it, it just it is not the same game. And, and you look at the SEC at that time, when you talk about the players individually and the teams from top to bottom in that conference. Like I talked to people, I've been like, y'all have no idea 
how good Alabama was then. When you're talking about Latrell Sprewell, James Hollywood Robinson, Robert Ory, and it's like those uh, don't for, don't forget the last two, Jason Caffey and McDice. Jason Caffey and McDice, yeah. That's who started five. But, and they went to what they went to an elite eight, I believe, as a group that was in the Superdome. I remember they were, they came down and she they were five. They were that was a beast of a group. I mean, you couldn't do nothing with them. And then you go to Arkansas with Mayberry, Todd Davis, Alva <laughs> Miller. Come on, man. And then, they, like I said, then they kept progressing and bringing in more dudes, the Alex Dillards of the world, the, the, you know, right. the Scotty Thurmans, the Corliss Williamsons. And then you go over to Kentucky and they were in the midst of their resurgence as a national power over in Kentucky. At Tennessee, you had what Wayne Houston, Houston had built on. Hey, just a small forwards alone. Gerald Glass. I, I had to work out every <laughs> night. Let me tell you something. I had to go Spreewell. I had to guard Todd Day. I had to guard Allen Houston. I had to guard uh, 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 Wesley Person, Chuck Person, little brother. Yep. I had I had to I had to guard. Uh, 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 What's your Jeff boy, Mississippi State? Uh, uh, oh, uh, the best name Marshall from Mississippi State played for the Mavericks. I had to guard Marshall. I had to guard Stacy Poole. I had to guard Latrell Green from Georgia. And Cross. Anna. Man, look, over at Florida. When I tell you, I'm in a locker room and I would need IV. Dude, I I worked every night. That small forward, them small Andrew the clerk at Florida. Come on now, man. That that three and four position SEC back then was ridiculous. Come on now, we worked every night. We worked every night. Those were incredible days in SEC. And the thing that I remember the most, too, is like when you went to an LSU game, the Def Dome was a real thing. Oh, yeah. 16,000. A real 16, thing. 14,000 seats, but they let in 16,000. There was it's- nothing like when that alarm would go off. When you took pride as, as sitting in the crowd, when that thing hit and the flight starts spinning and it starts right. making a noise. And I, what was it like on court for you it was to crazy. feel that? It was great because you actually you actually felt the vibe. You you felt the vibration. You you felt it, man. And let me tell you, it's the best thing ever. And, and for me to come down and hit a three, and 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 hear the student section scream "Hell Caesar," and and that place go wild. From Iowa, Louisiana, man, I shit. Where did you get your confidence from? Because I, I tell people one of the but the favorite things that I enjoyed watching about you was like. There would be possessions and, you know, there's the, you know, they want you to work the ball. So the ball come around one time, you caught it once and you might give it back. But if that ball came back. It was gone. I was shooting. <laughs> hey, I ran many suicides behind that, but I didn't care. I didn't get it, man. I was, I was, I was always, I think, I think they came back from my high school coach because he would tell me if you, if you don't go, we don't win. So I'm just being honest with you. And he told me as a freshman, he said, you had a small school, uh, a white school, two blacks on the floor. You don't go, we don't win. He says that's simple. If you don't give us 25 to 40 a night, we don't win. And that just put a confidence in me, man. And, 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 and I was just so outspoken, man. I remember my freshman year, we uh, going to Arkansas. And after practice, they kept me for for interview for the paper, for the advocate. 
And a guy said, when do you feel like you in range? I told that man, when I step off the bus and when Dale Brown read that article and what I said, <laughs> I'm back in his office. <laughs> like, like, man, what am I going to do with you, man? Hey, coach, that's how I feel. I feel like when I step off the bus, I'm ready to go. I'm in range. I said, I wouldn't shoot it from outside the Coliseum. But that's how I feel. When I step off the bus, yeah. I mean, short memory, man. You miss, you miss. Shit, shit. Keep shooting. One go fall. Yeah, people forget you came in freshman year. You end up as the third leading scorer on the team. You make all right. SEC freshman team. Right. As, and and that was a team that, like, like we said, went to the second round of the NCAA tournament. How frustrating was that <laughs> to know everything that y'all had? That squad, you know, to know the talent that you had. And I'm then a- that Indiana game as that second half kind of got away from you. You know, see, it didn't get away from us. He did it twice my career. Coach Brown subbed at the wrong time, and he left us sitting down too long. He did that twice, and I'm going to tell you both games. My freshman year, Indiana, we up 15. Yep. Second half, you up 15 with less than 10 to go. Second half, you let us roll. I don't care how tired you think we are. This is the NCAA tournament. This is Indiana. We beat Indiana that night. No doubt in my mind, we go to the Final Four New Orleans. He subbed us out. And it wasn't just taking one or two off. He did a mass sub. Five come in, five come out. And we all like, what the hell is he doing? And so when Indiana got their rhythm and cut that 15 to about six, y'all get back in. It's too late. We didn't dry it off. We cool. Now, Indiana got... Bobby Knight got the momentum. Hell of a coach. And Calvert Chaney was on that team. And he, I mean, Calvert was national player of the year that year, wasn't he? Another silky smooth left-hander. But guess what? Me and Calvin kind of, we, 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 we guarded each other well. Calvin didn't really catch fire till we subbed out. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, because the bench gave y'all nothing that game. And, and, and it's not, not a, nothing against them. But nothing I think them. they had they two buckets. The bench had two buckets the entire game. Gave us, and when, when he threw us back in, man, it was little, too little, too late. He should have, and we told him, and we cast in the locker room crying, man, why you subbed us out? I knew then Shaq was gone. Shaq said, man, I can't take this beating like this and lose these kind of games. I knew he was gone because he didn't get back on the bus with us to go to the airport. Uh, yeah. It's like with Shaq. I said, man, man, Shaq gone. What you mean? I said, man, big fella gone. He going to get that Lajon. So man, this was our chance to do it. He gone, and nothing against Gerd Hammock was who was a seven footer in himself, but wasn't no Shaquille O'Neal. No. And the second, and the second game he done that to us was Kentucky, my junior year. We up thirty one. Yeah, I was gonna talk about the Mardi Gras game. We up thirty one, and he pulled that mass up shit again. That was that was hard. That was the hardest thing to watch. Like I, I've watched a lot of LSU games. That I one, up. I I went downstairs and threw up. I was literally sick. I threw up. Y'all had no business losing losing to that team. Dog, I had about thirty seven. Ronnie Hillis had about thirty five. We didn't miss. Y'all had no it, business losing three, that team. After three, that's probably one of the best shooting performances I had in college. I had like twenty one and a half. And you lose? 
Come on, man. Talk to me. Was that, is that the thing that's always, you know, as much as everybody loves Dale, uh, you know, and, it, and my interactions with him were always positive. But the frustrating thing felt like, you know, whether it was with the year before you got there with Chris and, you know, with Stanley and all, and, and, and those guys, the Stanley situation was different. I've talked to Stanley, you know, academically in his mind. He just wasn't right at the time. He wasn't mature enough. Right. But to have those guys, to have the talent, including yourself, including Vernell, including all those players that y'all had, it just, it, it, that had to just be a frustrating thing too, to see that you never fully reached the potential that you knew. Because when the games, the teams that you beat, you beat some of the very best when they were at their very best. UNLV, Georgetown, and then we turn around and lose to Vandy. That what was and, and Vandy was a, a consistent thing for y'all. Whenever y'all went to went to that stadium, went oh, to that day. Oh, we can beat Nashville. What oh, was man. it about Nashville? That floor, man. Being all the ends, that having the- people don't believe that. When when you're an athlete, you somewhat superstitious. Okay, you subbing in under the goal. <laughs> you you and you're not on the floor. You have to walk down four or five steps to get to the bench. It's like you play on the stage. It, like I said, I can only speak for me. It threw me off. I never had a decent game at Vandy. Never. It was it was just the, the way the building was built, the optics. Man, it just threw me off. I was off kilter. I can't speak for nobody else, but I never had a solid game at Vandy. Now, Vandy come to Baton Rouge, I'll light them up. That was just it, – it, it, it just seemed like that was a struggle every year it was, was to was. go there. It was. But, but, but to go back to the point you had, put all that talent at North Carolina. Put Chris Jackson, Stanley, and Shaq in North Carolina at one time. Do they win it? Yeah. If they don't, they damn near close. No, no, they, they win it. You know what I'm saying? If they didn't, they right there. I mean, you know, it's basketball and things happen. You put they, the same three cats at Duke. They winning it. Yeah. You put them same three cats at Georgetown. Yeah. yeah. They winning it. Yeah. Yeah. You have Chris Stanley Shaq at one time. You don't need nobody else on the floor. No. And you, and you lose the first round of Georgia Tech. And that Georgia Tech team, and, and I've had the opportunity to talk to both Kenny Anderson and Dennis Scott. And, and I saw that Georgia Tech team beat, you know, Michigan State on that late three that would, didn't count. But, uh, you know, that Georgia Tech team, Lethal Weapon 3 was good. They were really good. But they had yeah. no match inside for what y'all what was going on at LA. And Kenny couldn't do shit with Chris. No! No, no one could like that's that's, that's my point. You no, know, Kenny Anderson was nice in his own right, but you couldn't do shit with Chris. Not on your best day. Can you? So can you that's uh, what, that's what I couldn't understand. We had we had five power. No other schools could assemble at one time, and couldn't get it done. Man, it just seemed like sometimes y'all would go to, into that. You know, go into the freak. Or, you know, and go into zone, which I hate zone. I am not a fan of zone basketball. And it seemed like there would be just protective times for leads. And like you said, substitutions that came at the wrong time. Wrong time. It, it just, look, it, and, and you were also right in that verge, in that era. Like you said, when, when the Fab Five was coming along, 
and they were playing seven, te- seven players, and that was it. That was the, it. The five were going 35 minutes a game, and then you slide in Eric Riley. You slide in somebody for a couple minutes to give them a blow if they got into foul trouble. But there wasn't no problem in riding them for 40 minutes. At right. Carolina, they were doing the same thing in the early 90s when, with, with those guys. And at Duke, like you said, Christian Leitner wasn't coming off the floor unless he was dead. Grant Hill wasn't coming off the floor. These guys were – you played against Loyola Marymount, and Loyola Marymount wasn't going 10 deep. They was running out there with Hank Gathers going up there for all 40 minutes if he could. And check this out. We were in shape. We were running that damn Mississippi River Levy, man. We were in shape. When I tell you we could run for 40 minutes – we were in shape. So and if you didn't need to run, you throw it into the big fella. Hey, see, coach, won't you? I'll be like, for what? What do you want me for? I'm on the floor. If, if you roll back some games, when I get subbed in, subbed out, you see me argue. Want me for what? For what? Man, coach, won't you? Get a breather. I don't need a breather. I'm good, coach. What's to save for? That's my thing is, at age 18, 19, 20, 21, we used to play in ball for All six, day. seven, eight hours straight outside in the sun on blacktop. And you just kept running and running and running. And even when the games was over, it's only because people had to go home. It wasn't because y'all was right. tired. It's yeah, like, we gotta, I got to go home. My mama ain't going to get me out of here. That's what they tell me. Get you a breather. What? Get a breather. Come on, coach. You tripping. You tripping. And a breather, man, you must run sit, you must run and sit six, seven minutes. Okay, get back in there. What? Man, knees cracking. <laughs> Sweat and dried up. <laughs> but he wants you to get back in there and, and light it up. Nah, coach, I gotta warm back up. And these cats rolling. Done it to me twice. That cow <laughs> talk about the cow game. Losing to Jason Kidd. <sighs> In the Cal game, and Jason finishes it off with the layup at the end. Oh. And again, that was a Cal team. That was a two-man team. That was a two-man team. And Jason Murray. Kidd, this is no shooting Jason Kidd. This is Ace oh. Kidd. Look here. I, I pulled my groin that game. I saw Bob Tully trying to tape it back up and get back in. Now, something happened where no, we scored, and they inbounded quick, but Gert Hammond was already back. Like I said earlier, seven foot, but there's no Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. See, Shaq blocks that shot. Jason weaved through us, ate up the five seconds, and finger-rolled it over Gert Hammond's fingertips, a seven-footer. Jason Kidd, 6'3", on his best day. Should have been a block shot. Again, that's, that's when the wheels... For me, that's when the wheels started to come off at the program a little bit, because that was my sophomore year, mm-hmm. and uh, and we lose that first round game, buzzer beater. Junior year, we, we just didn't catch fight off, and that was my best. That was my best season, career wise. You know, about 15, 16 a game. You know, and honestly, I should have ended the draft then, but I didn't. I'm. I, I was. I was. I was loyal to the program to a fault because I mean really that was the best times of my life there was no reason for, there was no reason for me to leave my my, my dad was an operator you know inside a refinery mom was stay at home mom so you know 
In other words, I didn't come from a background where I had to leave because my people were struggling. People were struggling. Mom had a rag, a rag top Lincoln in the, in the garage. Pops had a truck, you know, so it, it was no reason for Clancy's to go hardship because it was no hardship. Right. You know, so, but athletically, I should have left my junior year. But, 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 you know, it's like I was telling you, after that layup with Kid, that's when the wheels, the program started to come off. Uh, couldn't get no big time recruits. Ronnie was the last, like Ronnie and Randy, Randy were the and last Ronnie. ones. Now, now, when Dwayne came back, it ain't like it is now. He had to sit a year. Yep. So that missed me altogether. Yep. So really. Had no bigs. Y'all had, had no bigs. I'm going to tell you what hurt me. I had to move down to the four and the five. If you go back and look at my. In my yeah, senior, senior year, you played a lot of four. I mean, you played a, a lot, lot of four. Because it had no bigs. And the NBA scout told me, that's what hurt you. Say, man, if you'd have stayed where you was, you'd have been a late first round, early second round guy. But when they put you at the four and you put on that weight, because you had to put on that weight. I mean, I played my senior year at 240. Yeah, that wasn't you, bro. That at wasn't all. you. Because I know, I mean, I like I remember noticing how big you had gotten. And it reminded me of later on the guy who I think fell into the same trap was X-Ray Hip. Because X-Ray Hip was a skinny cat at Maryland, played that three spot really well. And somebody told him he needed to bulk up to get to the NBA. And then next year he got all bulky and they tried to play him at the four at Maryland and it didn't work and he never got to the league. Right. And I think that people will, you know, you knew your game. I knew it. But you're trying to be a good teammate and it cost you. It cost me. And, 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 and I was bitter. I'm not going to lie to you. I was bitter for a long time. I was in Europe bitter because it was cats in the league that I killed in college. And 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 when when I when when I would come home, the NBA game would be on. I turn it, and they'd be like, "What's wrong with you?" I couldn't watch it for a while. You and could the, do the those, two things that at that point in the league it seemed like, you know, you starting to transition in the NBA. They were looking for shooters. You were that. You were six seven, six eight, so you had the length. Your senior year, you stealing three steals a game at two forty. And you are still, like I said, they still hold the record for all-time steals in the SEC, and it ain't close. I think you're 70 ahead of number two still to this day. So, And you didn't play a ton of games your final two years either. You missed. You didn't play nearly as many games your last two years as right. you did your first two. Right. Because the team wasn't as good. Right. And you still got that record. And it's just – that, to me, was the shock of shocks because – you see guys now like, and I look at the Pelicans at a Herbert Jones, a guy who made his mark defensively primarily at Alabama, wasn't a great shooter, but did all the little things. You were that guy. You rebounded extremely well at the small forward position. I think the most you had board, you had the seven in a C average seven one year, um, right. but you had eight, nine rebound games. You had a nine steal game. You had those kinds of performances defensively. And to me, I watch guys like um, Dante, that was the guy at Mississippi State, Dante. Um, well, uh, you know what I'm talking about. When when Mississippi State had inside that Dampier and on the outside that Dante, um, um, he got drafted Dante, by the Knicks. Uh, I wasn't Dante Marshall. Uh, I know you're talking about. But he gets to the league, 
And I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you. No. He wasn't the player you were. Dude, that's what I'm saying. I couldn't watch some games. Dude, dude. When I tell you I would, I would look at the NBA game and, and I see a guy going down the court, I would instantly, I would get hot. Blood print. I'm talking hot. I'm like, how in the hell? Because, dude, my first two years, the guys that I had to guard, it built me defensively. Gordon Spreewell, Allen Houston, Jamal Mashburn, Todd Day. I guarded those dudes straight up. It wasn't no help. We was running man to man. So, like you say, one thing I could do was defend. I could defend, rebound. I'm going to knock down some shots. You look at these cats now who are getting $20 million to do 3 and D. Bruh. I'm looking at these cats that's going lot, that's going one and two pick, averaging 10 points a game. That that disturbs me. Man, it, it, it's it's completely different. It's completely different. And, you know, I, my game today, I'll break them up, man. And I think, you know, people take this as like, oh, you hating on this generation. No. And I said, no, it's no, not man. like that. I firmly believe that, the yeah, we understand that players are physically more gifted. And we understand that they've had more of an opportunity to learn the individual ball skills and things like that. The guys come in more prepared in that regard. But I don't think basketball players today have had to deal with, and I've had NBA coaches tell me this, um, and I've had high school coaches tell me this, and I've had college coaches tell me this. Players today deal with much less adversity on the court and in their lives as basketball players than they ever did. So thinking the game and understanding the game has become less of a skill set than just your overall athletic skill set. Like the, the, the above the neck stuff has become less important in the development of younger players. And then you spend your time in the NBA trying to get them mentally to where they're supposed to be. And it didn't used to be like that. You came to the NBA and it was refine your skills but mentally, you were already expected to be able to come in and contribute as a rookie. You weren't going to learn on the bench. If you were drafted in the first round of NBA, no you matter where it was, you, you were a starter. You started. Yeah, and, and it's not that way. You're looking at developmental players, and that was not the case. You didn't have that luxury. When, when Chris comes out, Chris is expected to be the star of his team. With Shaq left, he's expected to be right. the star and carry that team. Right. You're and, a franchise guy. And now a first rounder outside of the fifth pick, once you get past that, you're talking about hopefully in two or three years, this becomes a starter for us or this becomes crazy. And I, I don't, I, I think it's a big problem in how the game is being coached, particularly in the U S you talk about the sixth pick guaranteed 25 million. First three years, 25 M's, and he's not a starter. He's a G League guy. Not in my day. If you're the sixth pick, you're a franchise guy. You, you coming to save the city. <laughs> <laughs> when we pick you six, we need you to save the city. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. It just blows my mind how guys averaging 14, 10, 12 points a game, one-year college ball. Second can't make game. all conference. Yeah. Can't make all conference and go to the league. And it's like, no, it, it used to be that if you were a sophomore or a freshman, you better have been an All-American. Right. At the very least to come out, you know, with, with Kenny Anderson left after his sophomore year or Stephon Barber, when those guys, Allen Iverson, 
these were all Americans. These were all conference players. They were not guys who just. Biggie's player of the year. You're talking yeah. about the Biggie's player of the year. Nah, the, 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 hey, a couple of years ago, I forgot his name. A cat got drafted from Kentucky, wasn't even a starter, came off the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, 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 that this My year, just Shader, um, uh, 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 the, the kid got drafted by Portland out of Kentucky, who skipped the whole year, hadn't played since high school, and he goes top 10 in the draft. And you're like, when, when would this have ever happened? Never. You could avoid competition. Like, he, he was at Kentucky. He was eligible to play, but said, nah, I'm good. That that just, I I, I don't understand that mindset. My and pops would have let that happen. My pops came out of stands. You hurt? You injured? I don't no feel stress. like playing. Man, boy. Hey, that would have been a first 48 mystery. I don't feel like playing. You know playing. what I'm saying? You don't yeah. I'm, 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 then why did you go? Don't show up then. Don't show up because I can't. Uh, that's the part, the hypocrisy that I don't understand it from coaches like John Calipari who takes credit now and says, this is another Kentucky kid who went to the You didn't do nothing for that boy. Nothing. He, he didn't play a game. And even in practice, what, what could he possibly, you didn't waste practice time on somebody who ain't playing. They do that because you have to get at least one year of college. If not, they will all go straight from high school. But 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 since that 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 one that one and done rule is in, they have to be on somebody's campus for a year. I still, of, you know, but like you said, a lot of kids go and they just opt out. I'm here, but I ain't playing. I mean, if you're gonna go, if you want to do that, there are options now. And I mean, you see more and more cats going to the G League and getting professional development. If you don't want to be in college, I understand it. There's guys who just don't belong in school. We know that, right? But if I'm going to, if I want to be a pro and I don't want to go to school, then take the option. Don't don't go to school and just sit there. To me, that's that tells me something shit. about that tells me something to me about your nature as a competitor. You know what well, I mean? It's it's, it's 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 a lot of flawed character out there, man. Look here, I coach I, I coach high school ball for 17 years and walked away, and a principal can understand why. When I tell you the kid is different, the kid is different. Uh, 17 years ago, you kind of still had the old school mentality in the kid. You have one or two that you could tell Pops was at the crib. Pops was an old school cat, you know, but 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 towards the end, I knew it was time for me to go whenever I was in practice and I, and then practice was over. And, you know, we, and, you know, we were doing up and down sprints. Matter of fact, free throws. He missed everybody down and back. You know, the old drill. Yeah. So. This one kid was lagging. I can't stand that. Just lagging. So I said, hey, son, get off your ass and run. That's exactly what I said. Get off your ass and run. I'm in the principal's office the next day in a parent meeting. He cursed my son out. So I'm, I'm looking crazy. My face is mashed up like the bitter beer face. So I'm looking at the principal. I say, no. I say, well, I don't, I don't curse kids. I say, now, do I curse in practice? Yeah. But me curse a kid? So I turned to the kid, his mom, I say, well, well, I cursed you out. Yeah, you did. I say, tell me what I said. You told me to get off my ass and run. Principal, old school cat. Principal stopped the meeting right then and there. He said, no, ma'am, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Well, he cursed... Principal, I, I disagree. So if you don't do a coach, season coach, take your son with you. Principal had my back. 
but I knew then that was my last season. That meeting right there. When I'm out, anytime I have to go defend myself against a kid who who didn't even start JV for me, because I because I don't cut kids. You come out, you on the squad, right? You know, if you come out, you on the squad. He couldn't even play for me. Should, and I shouldn't have kept him, but I did. But I had to defend myself. It was time for me to go. And that's that's why I'm no longer on the sideline. And when people ask me that, I, I don't tell the whole story. I just say kids are different. And with my, with, with my mentality, from where I come from with the game, the guys I played against, uh, the guys who coached me, old school cats, that's the only way I know how to be. I can't be nothing. I can't be a Calipari, like you said. No, I can't. I'm an old school cat. We're going to step and slide. We're going we gonna to play both ends of the floor. Uh, we, everybody going to do shooting drills, lib drills. We're going to dribble to the chair to make you go strip it down. If you float, you're going to flip over the chair. Old school drills. That, that was me. Garbage cans at the corners. That's right. That's Garbage. right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. If sweat ain't coming off your chin, we not working. That's me. So I knew I knew I couldn't I knew that way of coaching is gone now. It is. I didn't do the crazy ass hairstyles. Right. Every parent had to sign a letter. We, I had appearance calls on my team. You don't sign a letter, your son don't play. But coaches only have with his only hair cut it. Can't play for me with cornrows, can't play for me with dreads. Can't play for me with afros. Can't play for me with, with blonde, red, blue, green hair. You want to play for Coach C? Could be clean cut. You could rock a little bob. You're not going to rock no afro. I had a three-inch hair claws. Hair couldn't be no longer than three inches. Shirt must be tucked. Game day, we went a blazing tie to school. That's how it is when you play for me. Can't do that. Can't play for me. I'll but you were teaching something else. They don't get it, and 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 my, you know, like Bill Robinson was like that. It, it and, and and the coaches who who had bigger, you know, again, high school, you know, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the cats in high school ain't making it, and then or ninety nine percent of the cats in college aren't making it to the NBA. So you're trying to teach them something that's going to last. You're trying to teach them some, and it's not. People talk about tough love. Look, there's we all know the line. And like you said, you're not talking about some Bobby Knight, grab a kid, pull him around, curse him out, degrade him type stuff. Right. You're talking about, I need your effort, son. Right. And if you if I allowed you to be on this team, which is a privilege, like you said, it's a privilege because you have said, I'm not cutting anybody. So I'm giving you this privilege of being on this team. You owe me effort. You owe yourself effort. You owe your teammates effort because if every other dude on this team is running as hard as he can up and down these for, for missed free throws that made it, you know, you ran for free throws that you didn't miss. You ran right. for times that you, when, when, it, when you had the 30 seconds to do as many shuttle runs as possible and that buzzer goes off as somebody to hit that line and we had to do it again. Yeah, do it again. You did it. You, you might've got mad at that dude. And we talked about in the locker room, you know, right. afterwards and said, you, Hey, tomorrow you gonna run, man. We're not doing this character. again. That builds character. But it's not, yeah, it's not about degrading anybody. Now, any coach that starts getting personal and trying to tear a kid down, I ain't going to be with that. Right. But if you're trying to tell a kid, I need your effort and get up off your ass, it's not a deg- not talking to you. He say, you didn't say to him, you ass, start right. running. You said, right. get up off your ass and run. 
fun. <laughs> to me, that if if that is what the level of life and 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 I'm not a person, you know, I believe that that, that things do have to change in some degree. But we all know at the still time, especially for young black men, you go out in life, and if that is the thing that's going to get you, if somebody telling you get up your ass and move is the thing that's going to get you, there's not a job in the world that you can ever hold. Right. (laughs) You can't even work for yourself because sometimes in your own head, I guarantee you that there were days when you got up and you didn't want to shoot the ball that day, but your brain had to tell you, Sees, get off your ass. We got to go to take these 400 jumpers. You got to go get them jumpers in. You you play in the SEC and your dream is to go to the league. Get your ass up. I have Ashburn many, getting I, his shots up. I had many talking about myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm in the shower just with the water running down my head and back like, Lord have mercy. Come on, dog. Let's go. We got to go get it. Yeah, many talks, many talks to myself. Right. Because Pops would never wake me up to go to class. You know, Pops wasn't there to, to, to get my ear like it was in junior high, high school. I had to learn to eat on my own. And you could have, you know, practice can be over. And you know those cats. You can name, you ain't got to name them, but I guarantee you, you know who those guys on every team that you played on. The cats that as soon as the last whistle blew and practice was over, they were ready to go. And then they're the cats who, after the last whistle blown, say, grab another ball off the rack. I'm going to be here for another hour or so. We had a, we, we had a trainer named, 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 uh, Last name was McMahon. Boy, I'm bad with names. John. Practice could be over. I knew this dude had to get to the calf to eat. But if I asked that cat to shag some balls for me, man, I, boy, that dude's going to get a whole rack of balls. McNamara. John McNamara. And I, dog, four years, that dude shag balls. Are you putting them up today? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm a, I'm a, I just want to make 50. Yeah, 47, 50, let's ride. And do shag balls, man, because I put up some shots. I put up some shots. And I wasn't considered a great shooter, but I shot 39, 40% from the three. 38, 40% from the three. That's good in college. If you somebody shooting 40% from the three, that, that that's good odds. And at the time, too, the three was just becoming because Kentucky and Providence and, you know, Patino really started that three point barrage type thing where coaches before were like, you shoot them if they're open, but we ain't right. scheming for, to get you open for threes. We ain't working the ball to get you an open three. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't part of, it wasn't part of the flow of the game. It was the, la- right. it was the bailout shot. It was right. okay. We down to the last seven seconds. If that's the shot we got, then we take it. Yeah. But you took that shot at, 21 in the shot clock. <laughs> you, took yeah. that shot. you took that shot at 31 in the shot clock. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, they could put on my tombstone. The shot clock has never caught this cat. <laughs> <laughs> if that shot clock got to 10, I wasn't on the floor. <laughs> and that's real talk. Man, look, I played the game. Hey, I played the game. If I'm open, I'm shooting. Period. I don't care the shot clock at 33, 23. I'm open. I'm shooting it. I'm going to swing that thing. Like you say, I'm going to swing it one time. Don't now, let if I pass it to you, you better shoot it. I ain't never got mad at Kathy shooting it. Because if it come back, it's going to the black hole. I'm shooting it. I knew it, man. Like That, that was my thing, man. When I, when 22 was in the corner, I was like, let that ball come back to him. 
I said, let it come back. <laughs> we would be sitting there. We like, let it come back to him. It's going up. And me and my friends would sit there. We watch it and we're like, it's going up. Watch. Boom. There it is. <laughs> Every oh, time yeah. I would count it. Like that became one of the things that I would watch for. I was like, all right, he passed it. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. Let it come back. And it, it was going up, man. And going it, up, it, man. it was a pleasure. Because I remember. My, my 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 senior year, I made twenty one, and we and we was headed up to the floor, and the coaches always go out before us. So I called the huddle. I said, "I'm letting you motherfuckers know right now, I'm twenty one tonight. I'm shooting that bitch twenty one times." <laughs> <laughs> and dog, I got the sheet after the game. I shot twenty three times. Never forget that. Who puts up 23 shots in a college game? Dude, I was letting it go. <laughs> I was hey. letting it go. But look, I left for 40, but I shot 23 times. Because, bro, hell of a game, hell of a game, hell of a game, say myself. You don't have a clue what I said before we hit the floor. Good, bad, or ugly. I was putting it up 21 times. My birthday. Y'all want to have a game on my birthday? I'm going to shoot it. Hey. Give to myself. If you had to to, to say uh, give your um, starting five, including yourself, if you could build the starting five of the guys that you played with, who would you take? Of my four years, yeah. So four plus you. Whoo! We know, of course, big fella at the five, right? I'm going to go Vanilla the four. Jamie Brandon at the three. Randy at the point. Ronnie at the two. That's Y'all going to put up some points. Go put up some points. Y'all going to put up some points. That's a problem. That's a that's problem a, with some points. Yeah, with the guys I played with, that, that's a problem. And I, I love doing this because, you know, because I think it's, it's important to, to recognize greatness um, it was so awesome for me to see um, Chris Mahmoud get his jersey retired. Yeah, that was, was way way overdue. Way overdue, and then it was great to see Coach Brown get the court named after him um, as last well. year as well. And the, the politics behind both of those were really bothersome for me. Um, and I think a lot of it, um, and I don't want to end on this note, but I wanted to ask you this. But I think a lot of it had to do. For in Mahmoud's case and in Dale's case, Dale embraced black folks in a way that a lot of white coaches did not uh, during his time in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Like he came in and you go get the Rudy Macklins of the world. You go get, you know, you, you he went out there and he said he was going to make LSU basketball into something. And it hasn't been what it was before him or since. Right. He created First a black player in 72. Dale went got him. Right there from Baton Rouge, College Temple. Yep. First black at LSU, and Collis has been loyal to him since. That's what I'm saying. And then, and then, and and and, and I go back to myself and the loyalty. That's the culture he builds there, because whether you starting five, middle five, or last five, everyone's treated the same. I never saw that before. People think Shaq was treated special. I'm here to tell you that's bullshit. Shaq was treated just like the 15 men on the bench was treated. Dale Brown treated everyone the same. And I guess he also wanted to play everybody because he felt that way. But it kind of, 
to me, it hurt his legacy because we could at least play for a natty when I was there. Mm-hmm. But the love he had for his guys, he wanted everybody to, to be a part of it. But but and I guess it kind of slipped his mind that they can still be a part of it. They don't have to play to be a part of it. Practice is a part of it. Practice is a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, Adonis has been around. And I, think, <laughs> I think you're right. The way he embraced blacks, man, because thinking back when I was there, it was probably no more than two white cats on the team at any given time. Mike Hansen, the shooter, Gert Hammock. And they both foreigners. And Rupchenko, another another foreigner. Another foreigner. So it, wasn't, it wasn't really no white cats. It was foreigners. So, Outside of Hansen, yeah. Right, right. So 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 that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Because and then, he changed the game for LSU. And remember, in his defense, too, of black players, you know, him standing up for Shaq when Shaq was getting beat up and those things and standing up for, for guys that said that they had the right um, and the duty to protect themselves on the court and, and the things that he fought for them academically, too, and said, yeah. you're not going to punish these black kids academically. And then for Mahmoud, you know why. You know why. You know what I'm saying? Being that outspoken person that he, that he is when it comes to topics of race and topics right. of, of America. Well, his religion is what hurt him when, mm-hmm. and in and, 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 and a Denver situation. But going back to Coach Brown, I remember when David Duke walked out with practice. No one knew who David Duke was. Dale knew who he was. Dale stopped practice and told the man to get the F out of his Coliseum. I'm just coming to watch y'all play. Nah, we don't need you to watch us play. So it's like, well, who, who the fuck is this cat? Why, why Coach Brown tripping on this cat? And when it came out who the cat was, it was like, damn, okay, Coach Brown, we going to rock with you for real, for real. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We going to roll with you for real, for real. And that's the type of cat he was. So I just can't hang wins and losses on Coach Brown. Coach Brown was good for black kids. Free education. Stayed on your ass till you graduated. Uh, He started started a nice semester program for cats who did their four years and was close. He started a foundation where they could come back for free and finish. See, people don't talk about that type of shit about Dale Brown. Man, I I know Stanley... You know, it took Stanley decade uh, over a decade and a half Stanley, to come a back. Example of that yeah. nice semester program. Yep, and he that came back and got his degree. You come back, we gonna make sure you do it for free. And it, it, you know, and that's and and Dale Brown made sure that was in place, man. It was a special, special time. Um, but this is the present. So, um, talk about where you are now, what you're doing now. And, and 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 what your place uh, with the game is like? Do, you know, do you you know how how involved are you with the game of basketball now? Honestly, not at all. Not at all. It's 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 not it's not that I lost the love for the game. Is my my interest in sports is different now? Like I said, I'm a father of a of a college football player, so I'm I'm more into football now than I ever was. Uh, when I played basketball, it's with, it's with my six-year-old and two-year-old grandson out in the yard. Uh, I go support high school games. That's as closest to it I get. You, you have a bunch of coaches in Lake Charles 
man, just come sit on my bench. I'll throw you a little stipend. Come be my non-faculty. Nope, nope, and nope. You know, uh, go to work every day. Like I say, father, husband, grandfather. I'm just enjoying life, man. I mean, getting fat and shit. I'm just hey, I'm hey. I, when 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 I tell you I'm happy, and I, sometimes people say that shit. I'm 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 happy with my life for real. You know, you know, everybody have good days, bad days. You know, but when I'm at in life. As you see, I'm in my man cave, shit on the wall. I mean, I'm happy, man. I got a college athlete, 6'3", 210 safety, 19. His dream is to play on Sundays. I'm going to support that as much as I can, but also keeping his ear that that's not always the case. So make sure you get your books. Make sure, you know, you in Latvia for free. Keep in mind, you better play football, but in return, in exchange, you leave with that degree. Use them. Use them. Don't bang, don't break your body up for four or five years and you leave with nothing. So, I mean, that's just where I'm at, man. You know, I'm on Twitter laughing at these cats, man, on Twitter. I, 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 I be on social media crack it up. You got some crazy people in the world. Man. And, uh, you know, and every now and then somebody <sighs> about me, I, I hit the heart, you know. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. I laugh at it all. I laugh at it all, man. So, man, I'm just having a great time. You know, Louisiana boy here in Louisiana doing Louisiana shit. Man, I just it, it had been one of those things that I had on my list when I started the pod. I was like, this is one of the cats I wanted to get to. And I didn't know how to reach you. But social media, you know, gives you that opportunity to find folks. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm thankful for this because this has been a great conversation with you. And, and, and I'm, I, you know, I'm enjoying getting to know you. And I hope we get to do it again. Man, whatever, man. Hey, I shot you my number, man. Yeah, brother. You watch it now. Let me get your thoughts real quick. I'm sure you you do check out the Pelicans, though. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know. I think that they have a chance this season to be a top five team in the West. Um, it, uh, now, uh, now, when I say chance, that's predicated on some very important factors. Number one, the Pelicans still got a lot, a long ways to go defensively. Uh, along. They have legitimately two defenders on their roster right now. Who are they? Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones, who that you can count on yeah. that will play defense. Trey Murphy is getting there. Trey, I really like Trey Murphy's upside. That kid at 6'10 is showing that he, he can rebound, he can shoot the ball, he can take. He's getting more efficient with his handle, which I think is something that young players struggle with, is learning to get to your spot. It don't take seven dribbles, man. To get to I, was, <laughs> I was really impressed with them when they grabbed the board from Portland. CJ, mm-hmm. I thought that was a big time. I thought that showed that they was for real about about the franchise. They needed a grown up, right? They they needed a TJ Pugh. Now, Zion get his weight under control. That's a weight problem. People people say what they want. I've been around cats like that. That boy I was already thick. That boy in Louisiana with that food. If they get his weight under control, that's why you have all those little nagging injuries. A foot. A foot, foot injuries due to weight. A foot injuries due to weight. We're not talking knees. When you start breaking bones in your foot, that's due to weight. That can't even get down to about 260. 2260. The way he play, because he plays hard. You can't play that hard 290, 280. You won't last 82 games. They get his weight down to 260 and keep him on the floor. 
they go surprise you. They, he's they he's got to learn how to defend though too. Right, right. Well, you know, he only played one. How many seasons he actually? Eighty-five played? games he's played. Eighty-five games, which is barely a season. Barely a season. And so, and you know, NBA defense is not college defense. No. It, it, this is not the same. And and I didn't think, you know, and I, I tell people this: if you were Zion Williamson, where would you have learned to play defense? Because you didn't learn it in high school playing against those children that you were playing against. What you, right. you know, you're just using your athleticism and rejecting everything in sight. In one year at Duke, again, you were physically so much better than everybody, and you, you missed a good play. chunk of the season too. Right. Where did you learn your defensive principles? Yeah. So it's a process to me of, of trying to figure that out. And, and as a big, especially defending bigs and having to defend the wing. I, I think it's just going to continue to be a difficult adjustment in the early part of the season. Well, it's like a cat told me. It's not what you do during the season. It's what you do during the summer. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to step and slide during the summer. He's going to play a lot of summer ball and just worry about the defensive side of the court. But once he get it and he didn't got that max deal too. Shit. Security is Security is nice. Having that security is nice. All the the beignets he won't. (laughs) Save that till after you win some playoff games. You know what I'm saying? You'll never have to pay for a beignet in your life you win some playoff games, brother. But I'm excited about New Orleans. And I I think also, too, what we're starting to see, too, is is high school basketball is coming back across Louisiana, too. I think we're starting to see. You think? it's, It's slow. I think we lost a lot after Katrina because a lot of kids migrated out. But I think you're starting to see, you know, like like you saw with Scotlandville High School and the players that they've started to turn out and win championships over the last several years. Right. You're starting to see um, some development of these younger cats. I think it's going. It's still a couple years away, but you, but it's it's slow. And I think it, a lot of that has to do with um, again coaching has just gotten to be to where. It's about building relationships and not teaching kids. It's about having a relationship with the right talented kid. And hopefully you, a lot of these adults are saying, I got to find that one kid that I can hitch my wagon to so I can get on a college bench and be an assistant or find my way to get to be an agent, make some money this way by hitching. They're not worried about instruction nearly as much as they probably should be. Because I'm just used to the old days, man, where, where, where you, you you had Southwood coming out of Shreveport, Washington Mary coming out of Lake Charles, Baton, Lafayette, St. Thomas Moore, and maybe Northside or Como. Mm-hmm. You know, you hit Baton Rouge, you have University, uh, Scotlandville. Uh, Catholic uh, used to be a beast. Right. See, I, I'm used to those days. And, man, New Orleans is, you know, everybody. St. Owen, St. Owen, Eric. You know, everybody. Because, man, that's what I'm used to. And, you know, get I ten stop in any city. You got two schools, three schools, where you got three, four players on every. Slidell had players. Right. You know, like Chris right. Duhon came out of Slidell. Even Thibodeau, you go yeah. down, you go down, you go down to home and get your head beat in by Thibodeau. You know, uh, uh, Morgan City, Joey Brown and them boys, man. I'm just, I mean, Cecilia. You know, and back in my time, shit, you get caught hell in Iowa. You you come on with Iowa, get your head beat in. I'm just used to the old days, man, where basketball was throughout the state. Yeah. Uh, them small towns will come give you some work. Work. Them small towns will give you work. The Wally, 
uh, give you work. You, you now, you, like one of the things I remember back in the day, and it, it don't happen no more either. Is like when you showed up at a school, the band would be outside in the parking lot waiting for your bus. You know what I mean? And they'd be like, they'd be out there just intimidate, ready to intimidate you. And don't come out there with a win on the road because there was going to be stuff being thrown at the windows on the bus. Like we, we, we had to get a police escort out of town once because we had come in and beat somebody. I think it was Jonesboro. And we had come and we had come in there and beaten them. And the man, they followed us out of town. The police had to, had to escort us out because they broke three windows on our bus and somebody left a warm-up jacket. <laughs> we was like, we ain't going back to that jacket, man. Because during the third quarter, we were up double digits. And coach told us, put all your stuff under your seat. Yeah. Zip it up. As soon as the buzzer goes, shake hands and go straight to the bus. Don't, don't look at nobody. Go yeah. straight to the bus. That happened to us in Oakdale. They knocked out all our woods on the school bus. But I knew it was going to be trouble when we had them like by 35 with about four minutes left. <laughs> I never forget this. These fools start chatting, shut the doors. <laughs> we don't win. We fight tonight. Uh-oh. And man, the white cats on my team got to looking around. That's like, see what that means. That means we got to get our ass out of town quick. You know? Dog, I never get that chant. I'm 50 years old, and I remember that chant. Hear that beat? That start beating on yeah. the on the on the bleachers. Oakdale was a black town, about about 30 miles south of Alexandria. It's a black, it's a black town, purple and gold, all all black squad. And them fools like shut the doors, turn off the lights. We don't win. We fight tonight. I said, yeah. oh. bleachers start going boom. Bleachers was boom. rocking. Boom. Bleachers was rocking. <laughs> bleachers was rocking. You hear me? And when we made it to that bus, boom, boom, rocks, man. Just knocked, man, all our windows were shattered. But we got back to Iway, heard my coach tell assistant coach, scratch Oakdale off the schedule. We'll never play them again. <laughs> Even the coaches were shook. I said, man, where you had us at, man? You really? know what? We didn't have that luxury of being shook, you know, because when you take them drives out to Pearl River and it's clan, it's clan country and you see Confederate flag every other house, and you're the only black people in the area. Yeah. And we had a luxury of being just like, we can't put them on the schedule. We had to play. They were in our district. Oh, so no. it was like, you go out there and that's, hey, again, it was win. That's all we were told. Win, put your head down and get the hell out of here. Yeah. And I remember we played Dwayne Spencer uh, and we went to Cohen. And, you know, I, I don't know if you ever played the gym at Cohen, but they didn't have a locker room for the visitors. You had to, you had to go get dressed in the classroom. What? Yeah, we had to get dressed in the classroom because they didn't have a locker room for us as the visitors. And uh, that was like Cohen was wild. Like, again, it was it was they, they were right up on you. Every fan was right there. And don't don't fall out of bounds. There ain't nobody helping you up. You know, what I'm saying? It, was, no. <laughs> it was it was. But it was what it was. You weren't scared. You know oh, what I mean? But scared. You weren't scared, but you knew what it was. And everybody yeah. was competing. Like, the fans were competing yeah. as hard as the players were competing. And I missed that. I missed that. You don't see that the same way anymore. Right. I got into it with a Pops and Kinder. Talk about you two old to be playing. How big you are. I came down, shot a D3. D3. And, and right, right in front of him, the referee, 
I told referee, keep your hands up. I'll be right back. And I looked at the dad. He came out another one. And I just looked at him. Man, man, wanted to come out the stairs, man. That was the good old days. I would talk shit to parents, man. I loved it. Well, you about 20 it. years old, okay? That, uh, hey, all that's good. You about but, to get 20? What <laughs> for your son? Because I'm about to dunk on him. I'm going to show you. I'm going to mistreat your kid for you. <laughs> yeah, I was that kid. So, man, the confidence was always there. I mean, I was just, confidence was always there, man. Because that question had me thinking about, man, the confidence was always there. It was always there, bro. What do you uh, see now with Coach McMahon and, and the future of the program? Man, I just want them to do it right. If you're getting them five stars and four stars, get them right. Now, with the NIL, LSU made some revisions where you you could give them the world now you know just just do the shit right and bring back the former players see wade 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 didn't bring us back now i get it to trent johnson trent johnson had an alumni game every year yeah he did I, yeah we'd be dead tired but it'd be the best weekend of our old lives you got some buckets that year you, and you showed up. I led the game and scored. You got your buckets. And I was like, hey, that I was kissing to the fans. And you, you know, you, fella, the jumper was still wet. That it's don't go still, away. The wrist, the wrist action is still there. Hey, WD 40 every morning. <laughs> every morning I did the WD 40 on it every morning. Hey, I would love the I would love to play the P matches one more time. And and those coaches don't know what that does for guys like us. You know, yeah, it's cool to bring us back, bring us on the floor and wave. Man, let us suit up. Let us throw on some old sweatpants and, and whatever and just let us just get under the lights one more time. Man, I'm fit. I want to I wanna get in that one more time. And that's real talk. I think that... I love to get them up just one more time. I think that that connection, you know, between the past, and I talked to football players like about that too, was that that was a big problem that they had when they were dealing with less miles is that there was no connection with the former players. And the one thing that, that they liked about coach O was that he brought a lot of those guys back. And I think that's important. I think, you know, when you look at great programs, when you see a Carolina, when you see Duke, when you see Michigan, when you see those types of schools, those guys hold on to that forever. They don't stop talking about those experiences right. and they are always, you see them in the stands at games, you see them coming back to campus and LSU has not been welcoming no. in a large ways to his former players. I think it's an insult when a former player called for two tickets and he have to pay for them. That's an insult. You paid for them tickets. I, you paid for them tickets. Boy, I'm not asking for nine or ten. I'm asking for two. Me and my wife. Me and my son. Oh, oh man. Man. Oh, can I have me $40? I say, huh? $40 and I'm and I'm sitting up to it. I'm on the floor behind the bench. Oh no, 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 no. Those are my season ticket holders. Motherfucker. You see what's behind me on the wall? Don't, them people charge us for tickets, man. You paid for that stuff in sweat and hours on and, and look. That's, that's what blows my mind. That's they would never, you know what I'm saying? Like they would never as you saw, you saw where the Fab Five was sitting when Michigan went to the Final Four. You saw what the dude sitting. They eight rows back. Eight rows back together. When, when LSU went to the Final Four and was 06 mm -hmm. in Indianapolis, I didn't see anybody. I was there. They, I didn't see you. They but didn't you, know have you, on they you know where they had me? The players were that big. 
Now I saw Dell Brown way down there. But the former players, that's how they do us, man. That's real talk. So I just wish they, I just wish they really not even roll out the red carpet, but just extend a hand to the former guys and treat us fairly. For real. Y'all got stuff to offer, man. Y'all got stuff to offer. That's the thing is I think they forget. And I think that's what been one of my problems with LSU in general is like, you know, it has bothered me that when I go into Tiger Stadium, there's still not a single African-American player's name up there. You know what I mean? Like you go into Tiger Stadium and it's fine to have the the, the Jerry Stovalls and have those folks up there. Right. But you can't tell me in the history of LSU football that there's not a single black player who's earned the right to have their name. And I'm not even a football guy, Charlie Alexander. Charles, you can start with Charles Alexander. You could go right. through. We talk about you got the most decorated player outside of Joe Burrow, the fifth, Glenn Dorsey. Why right. is his name not, and number not up on that? Tyron Matthews' name should be on the wall. Heisman Trophy finalist. Patrick should, Peterson's name should be on the wall. Though, I mean, I don't, care, I don't care what they said about him. Jamarcus Russell's name should be on the wall at LSU for the work he did at LSU. I'm not talking about the Raiders. Right. It's, that's not he, what it's he, about. He's the number one pick of the draft. And was the first one in LSU to ever do that. I bet you Joe Burrow name will be on that motherfucker. You know, Joe Burrow will get a statue probably in the next two years, man. You know, so, you know, it's still, it's still that good old boy atmosphere at LSU. It's, and, 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 it, and, and it peaks out every now and then. And if you're not a part of it, you will miss it. Mm-hmm. But I see it every time he poke his head out, like with Chris Jackson, like with Coach Brown. That was way, way overdue. How Shaq shit retired before Chris Jackson? How Shaq have to write letters on Chris's behalf and beg essentially and say this should happen, and that's still and it took six years after Shaq wrote the letters, and everybody. I mean, there was I don't think there. There's only one other player, you know, scoring. It's him and Maravich. Like that's, that's the scoring list. And Maravich's name on the building. And they're giving Maravich not only the building, they give him a statue too. He's getting one. Yeah, he's getting his statue now too, and it's supposed to be unve- unveiled um, in a couple well, that's months. Only because, that's only because Simone Augustus got one. I guarantee that's why they were gonna have Shaq and Simone back there by themselves and not Pistol Pete. Like again, as the good old boy poking his head out. Because I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna tell me that, look, Bob Pettit certainly just belongs there. It's a Hall of Famer. That's NBA Hall of Famer, and right. it was it was an All American. Belongs there. Pete belongs there certainly. But right. Pete, I'm you not, know, but it, it, nobody ain't nobody gonna argue that. But no, why I did it take so long when for some of these it, t- it took too long for Simone? Sylvia Falls ain't never got the recognition that she deserves up there. Never. You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 and if you wanted to talk about Rudy should have got his then too. If you want to talk about it, if, if that's what we're talking about, if you get if you're giving out stuff, why didn't Rudy Macklin have more recognition of that building? Why doesn't mm-hmm. Collis Temple have there's at least his story should be told a On little a bit better than right. it is. Something. I remember when they built that new, have you been in that new practice facility? Mm-hmm. And it's already leaking. I'm looking on the walls of all the faces from the past. And I told Trent Johnson this because he's the coach that built it. Mm-hmm. I say, Trent, where's my face? He said, what you mean? I say I broke Chris Jackson three point record. So when I say when I left LSU, I was number one in three pointers made all time. Yep. And I left number one in steals. In the conference, not LSU. Right. I say now kids not staying in school long enough to break that steal record. That steal record already, what, 27, 28 years old? Yep. I say just on the steals alone, 
it should be a, a silhouette of me on that wall with all these other guys. You're a conference record holder. Right. And he just looked at me. And he looked at me, he looked at me with the face like he didn't know that. He didn't know that he, you know, from straight up. He was looking at me like, God damn, I didn't know that. I said, it's all good though. I said one thing about me, I'm a real gangster. I ain't a whiner. But I'm just letting you know some of the cats that you got on this wall didn't do shit. I done, I'm one of the only 16 players to have over 1,300 points and 1,000 rebounds. And 500 uh, assists. Uh, uh, yeah, 500 rebounds, 1,300 yeah. points, 300 yeah. steals. Like, they, you're the only one in, uh, I believe, in SEC history. You're the right. only one. So, goddamn, I can't I can't get an action shot of me on the wall nowhere in this motherfucker? That's what I don't like about LSU. Love them. Bleed purple and gold. But it's things about it I don't like. Now I'm not asking for I'm not asking for my jersey to hang in the Raptors because I feel like I didn't do enough. Right. But you can bring me back to a game and recognize that I'm still the SEC still hold at halftime or give me a ball or give me a framed jersey because I had to frame this shit in my pocket. You dig what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. My my, my wife got this done for me for a Father's Day gift. My shit was in boxes. I said, but that's, that's the kind of cat I am. My shit in boxes. Right. That You did it. You ain't got to celebrate it. You did right. it. You were there. Man, that girl decorated this man cave, man. I got balls on the wall and shit. She did this shit, you know. But my shit was in boxes. But, man, give me, you know, like they say, give me my flowers while I'm living. That's all you want is what you what you earn. You ain't asked for nothing else. What I earned. And I've never been recognized. I finished in 95. I've never been recognized for the all-time SEC and LSU career steal leader. Never. And it's not close. Like, that's the thing. It's not close. 310 in four years. That's not even close. And they playing more games now. Then you got to finish in the season. Like y'all played 35, 36 games in the season. You got teams playing 44 games, 45 right, games. Because they, they go to these preseason tournaments in the Bahamas and shit like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's, it's, it's nobody's come close. That's the thing. It's not like there's within five, within 15. Like cats 50, 60, 70 away from you. You know, I mean, and to me, that's a season. <laughs> and, and for you, that was that was a light season because you had what 120 something your, your senior year. Yeah, man, I, I would average almost 90 steals a season. My my my, my worst was was 78 because I got hurt. Yeah, I think you played only in like 28 games that I year. I got hurt and I had 78 steals in that season, but it's been 93, 91 something. Yeah, yeah, you put it in my face. I'm gonna get that shit. And it's just. Like, I think that that respect, you know, it's it's not about, you know, idolizing the past, but it's about respecting the past because everything that was built it was built on the guys came before you. It was built on your back. It was built on the guys that come after. And if you don't put those things in perspective and let people understand what it took for you to accomplish those things, to have you even come in and sit with the players and be like, this is what it means to be a Tiger. This is what we set the standard for. This is what we love to see out of you. We want to support you. Right. But they, if they don't give you the, if they don't give you the invite, the, the, the way in, how can you give? I'm an hour and a half drive. Dude, I could be the games during the week. 
on a Tuesday, Thursday. Dude, they just don't they just don't extend the welcome. Like I said, the only coach done it was 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 Johnson, the black coach. Johnson. He made sure he brought us back. I'm throwing a game for y'all. We're gonna have alumni weekend. I mean, it was Friday night. We got into town, it was a big spread at a Mike Anderson Seafood. Saturday was a uh, Saturday was the was the alumni game, and then the game afterwards. Sunday was a barbecue for the family, meet the wives and kids, whatever. It just laid it out, man. Great weekend, man. He gave everybody polo shirts. You know, you had to give them your shirt size. We got polos. Uh, the uniform we played in the game with, we got to keep it. I still have that uniform. I look at it every now and then, just crack out laughing. Man, it, he Trent Johnson laid it out, man. Laid it out, and it hasn't it hasn't been since. He he was let go, and that shit. Died. Even Johnny Jones didn't bring us back, and he former player. Like Johnny, what's the deal? Oh man, y'all man, y'all y'all come on, come on, no Johnny. I mean, alumni weekend, something Johnny. Damn, that was a disappointing time. Um, when Johnny was the head coach, I, I, the next time we talk, I'm, I want to get into that because it was to me, I was I was really surprised at how badly it went. Um, and I think he sold his soul essentially for Ben Simmons, he which did. ended his career um, with LSU. I, I never the year that Ben was there, I covered LSU every game. And from start, you could tell Ben A didn't want to be there and B didn't give a damn about anybody else on that team. He People. cost Antonio Blakeney money. He caused, you know, a lot of dudes who had opportunities at NBA careers because Ben was selfish, essentially. Right. And I've never seen where one player shut down even the opportunity to go to NIT because they wanted the rest of the guys wanted to go. And Ben said, I ain't going. So then they don't play. People get mad at me when I don't, I don't consider Ben Simmons the LSU guy. He didn't want to be there. He didn't give no, a shit. But, 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 you know, Shaq claims him. The guys claim, I don't fucking claim him. You can't, can't be like that, see? Yes, I can. Because he didn't exemplify the type of he – didn't, he didn't exemplify an LSU guy, period. Character, code of conduct, the way he carried himself off the field, didn't go to class. You know, he, he let you know he was a one and done. I'm not going to school. I won't be here next year. Come on. Even if it's true, motherfucker, go to class. But he even played like it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I watched a 6'10 dude who refused to post up in college basketball, and he just would refuse to. You could see Johnny would be like trying to get him to post because, of course, you're going to be able, you're, we know your skills as a passer. If they double, you're going to be able to pass out the double team. You have shooters standing there waiting for the ball, but you want to dribble and face up every time down the court. You, you never want to. But you see what he's going through now, right? Same stuff. But it, and, and I tell people this, too. There are people who are good at basketball and there are people who are competitors. And sometimes you mix the two. And when you don't get it, you get good guys. Because I, I think that there are a lot of guys who, who now see it as it's a way for me to have a good job that pays a lot of money. But they don't love the game itself. They don't love the competition of it. They don't love the hurt. Of out, of, out of punk Ben in college. Somebody out needed to. Out Somebody of needed to. He couldn't have played with us because he would have got in the locker room and would have gotten his ass so bad. Either he would have, either he would, he would have fell in place, or he would have left because we would have rode him like a bike. That's not what we do here, right? So 
I don't know, man. That prima donna shit don't fly, man. It, it does all. not fly in team yeah. sport. It, it can't. You can't be that. Isn't, you a, isn't a Bible. You don't work. You don't eat. <laughs> and nobody does anything alone. You cannot achieve any success alone. And right. he came in to do it alone. And I, I, I you could see it. And and and, 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 and when he was drafted number one, I said, "This ain't gonna work." He's not an LSU guy. This ain't, this ain't gonna work. And and it has not worked throughout his career. And and it just you see it in guys. And and I think, like you said, there are more different guys. I think than there were twenty years ago because it's been too easy. And they've taken the path of least resistance. You know, I think that's the the whole Kevin Durant thing. The reason his legacy will be what it is is because Kevin decided to take the path of least resistance over the course of his career. He got nobody to blame for where he is right now other than himself. He got everything he wanted in Brooklyn, right? Everything. Everything. He asked for the coach. He asked for the players. He got everything he wanted, and it didn't work. And now he's like, well, y'all messed it up. I got to go. The big media market. He had it all. He has it all. Yes, everything he wanted, he got. Even James Harden, he got, got that. Got too. that. Got Kyrie. So got DeAndre Jordan. You know what? His his character is a lot like Ben Simmons. I mean, they belong together. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to, man. We could do this for a long time, and I, I appreciate it. Like I said, we're gonna we're going to do this again. We are Let's going do to do this again. Um, but uh, thank you so much for this conversation. And uh, it's been my pleasure just to get to know you a little bit. And like I said, I look forward to doing it again. Hey, man. It just feels good to be remembered. Oh, uh, brother, you, you won't be forgotten. You will not be <laughs> forgotten. At least as long as I got a show. At least as I long as I got the show. Man, I appreciate you. Until the next time, folks, y'all know how to follow me at DM Grub uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and until the next time, this has been.